Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Honestly, never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I don't know whether the, the current president of the United States was with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow in 2013. It's possible, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> so well, it's possible he's playing handball with Jesus, right? <laughs> I mean, what? That is so funny. You got to go out of your way to answer that question by getting that phrase <laughs> in again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is well-crafted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, more of the serious stuff from the Comey interview coming up in a little bit. He takes on the the former Justice Department, Loretta Lynch, and that whole thing, and how he didn't trust the Justice Department. I don't know why that's not getting more attention. Because that doesn't fit the narrative of the liberal media. So stay tuned. Clearly. Although, yeah, she's crooked as a corkscrew. I couldn't stand her from the moment. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little later. So listen, I brought this up a while ago, um, and and the evidence is absolutely pouring in that it's true. 
your Broward County uh, shooting, high school shooting in February, everybody wanted to know how this kid was on the radar so many times for so long, but he managed to get a gun and the local cops and the schools didn't do anything about him. How did that happen? The answer is perfectly clear. It is known. It is public, but it is completely ignored by the mainstream media because it doesn't fit the anti-gun um, narrative. And you know what's really troubling to me is it doesn't counter the anti-gun narrative. I mean, if you still want to do stuff about guns and who gets guns and background checks and the Second Amendment, do anything you want. It has nothing to do with this. But the only narrative they have enthusiasm for is the anti-gun one. And it's astonishing to me because this directly answers the question everybody had. This is the Broward County, and there are a couple other counties in Florida who got whole hog into this. This Obama administration-inspired program offering counseling to students who break the law instead of having them arrested or expelled. Well-intentioned, not a, uh, like, wasn't an insidious plan to begin with. Well, right, yeah, and I'm glad you pointed that out, because unlike uh, friends of mine, particularly on the left, who immediately go after people's motivations, um, I I recognize that there are socioeconomic problems, particularly with black America right now and black young men, that are a real challenge to the country and them and their kids. And if you ever spend any time working with with small children of any race, color, creed, etc., you know that they're these beautiful, you know, bursting with potential, unformed human beings who, if they're guided in the right way, can have great lives. And then you see them go by the millions down the other road, and they have crappy lives and end up in prison and the rest of it. I hate that. I'd like to be able to change it. And so these people think, well, maybe the way to change it is this don't arrest them, counsel them thing. Sounds good. And, in fact, the Broward County school officials portray that program as a great success. But an actual look at the evidence, and I'm going to quote a lot from the organization Real Clear Investigations right here. Um, They are, for purposes of disclosure, according to virtually everybody, they lean a little right, but they're by no means an out-there organization. They're an investigative journalism organization. But Broward County Juvenile Justice Division records, federal studies of the Broward School District Safety, and the district's own internal reporting show that years of intensive counseling didn't just fail to reform repeat offender Cruz, Nicholas Cruz, Ah, uh, who shot and killed 17 people at that high school. Records so, show such policies have failed to curtail other campus violence and its effects now on the rise in district schools, including fighting, weapons use, bullying, and related suicides. In fact, the problem of kids beating up other kids with impunity now has gotten so bad, national anti-bullying organizations had started to target Broward County because bullying was so out of hand. God, that's terrible. Because you could beat somebody down and just never get arrested in Broward County. And, and you know, th- if I have a point, this is it. I'm all for idealism, but it's got to be infused with a big old load of realism. And if you don't understand that if you have kids who are violent, they're angry, they're bullies, whatever, and you remove the disincentives to bullying, you're going to get more bullying. 
Now, they thought all the counseling and stuff like that would make up for it and change it, but it didn't. It's gotten much worse, but because they're so married to the idealistic, when I'm talking about utopianism and unicorns and stuff like that, this is what I'm talking about. They were so married to the optimistic idea of this program working, they refused to listen to hard evidence that it's failed. Murders, armed robberies, and other violent felonies committed by children outside of schools have hit record levels, some say it's connected, since the relaxing of discipline, Broward youths have not only brazenly punched out their teachers, but have terrorized Broward neighborhoods with drive-by shootings, gang rapes, home invasions, and carjackings. Broward County now has the highest percentage of the most serious violent and chronic juvenile offenders in Florida, according to the county's chief juvenile probation officer. It's because the school district with the aid and, and, and support of the Obama administration, went to local law enforcement and said, don't arrest kids. Don't arrest any school kids. Send them to us. We'll do the counseling thing. And so now they've got this explosion, this bloody explosion of violent youth crime in Broward County. And so you think or they believe that uh, they'd have caught this murderous cruise kid or been able to put him behind bars somehow or at least put him in the juvenile justice system which would have denied him access to firearms i mean at the very least could he have gotten one off the street or something like that yeah sure no solution is perfect but you know how real life is again let's talk realism you know you close as many doors as you can you make it as difficult as you can so this real clear investigations went to the broward county schools um and They said, in fact, our district's overall disciplinary incidents have dropped since we adopted the new policy and wraparound supports to students with behavioral issues. But they declined to provide any evidence when when presented with contrary reporting by real clear investigations. They said, look, we've got this county information. We got the local police information. They're contradicting what you're claiming. What is your evidence? And the school district said, "Uh, er, er, click, and wouldn't call them back. Said Lowell Levine, a father whose Stop Bullying Now Foundation in Florida has received several dozen, blah, blah, blah. He said their program is a lie, and it doesn't work. And he went to them to meet with them, and they would not meet with them. As a result, some parents have school, uh, sued the school district for failing to protect their children from violent attacks, including one of the shooting victims. Um, they've gotten several dozen re- complaints at this uh, bull- anti-bullying organization from parents whose children were repeatedly beaten and bullied by fellow Broward students who suffered few or no consequences. The idea of all of this is to stop the so-called schools-to-prison pipeline fi- for minority kids. It's a nice idea. It doesn't work. It results in more violence and more crime, and it's a damn shame, but if you can't look at the evidence and admit that, you're a bad person. And you're, you're, you're party to kids getting beaten down. This uh, They met with the Obama officials in the White House in uh, 2013. Uh, Runcies, the school superintendent, persuaded the Broward County Sheriff's Office and Fort Lauderdale Police Department to, stop, to agree to stop arresting students who committed, listen to this sentence, misdemeanor crimes the district deemed nonviolent, including assault. Woo! Nonviolent crimes, including assault. Now that's an Orwellian, Orwellian statement. <laughs> yeah, that's a be- yeah, exactly. Theft, vandalism, drugs, and public fighting. Also a nonviolent crime. Um, what? Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Runcy, the superintendent, argued that diverting minors from 
jail to restorative justice counseling and other positive behavioral interventions interventions would hope, help close the academic quote achievement gap by disrupting the flow of black students into the so-called schoolhouse to jailhouse pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. Boy, if, you're, if your kid got attacked at a school and then you were told by a school superintendent that that was a nonviolent act, your brain would break. Yeah, yeah. Juvenile arrests for murder and manslaughter increased 150% between 2013 and 2016. I'm a little skeptical of that statistic because I don't know how many charges there were. If it went from two to three, it's probably not significant. Um, that wouldn't be 150%, I know, just for the sake of the argument. They increased by another 50% in 2017. Oh, county juveniles were responsible for a total of 16 murders or manslaughters in the past two years alone, according to the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice. Last year, the number of Broward juveniles collared for armed robbery totaled 92, up 46%, et cetera. So youth crime is skyrocketing in Broward County. And at least some people think it has to do with this new... And I don't want to be prejudicial here. I almost said touchy-feely. Non-penal intervention program. Uh, Final note. um, Thousands of arrested Broward students have had their records deleted in the system as part of a program to end disproportionate minority contact with law enforcement, blindfolding both street cops and school resource officers to the criminal history of potential juvenile threats. Listen to this. The actual reports are being destroyed. So... I beat down a classmate. I say, yeah, yeah, let's do the counseling thing. I beat down another count, uh, classmate and say, yeah, I probably just need more counseling. And both those crimes, the d- police reports are destroyed so that when I show up on the street corner and beat down some classmate and put him in t- the intensive care unit, the cops have no idea of my, uh, my record. I'm telling you, if, if you take away one thing from this little screed, People generally rise and fall to the level of expectations. That's why all those reform schools in the inner city, led by frequently black principals who are ass kickers and demand a lot of their students, their students do great. You start lowering bars, people lower themselves. You start removing disincentives for bad behavior, bad people do that behavior more. It's not complicated. I'm sorry to spray your unicorn with the hose of realism. Wow. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Thank you, Michael. That was excellent. So, um, Comey's book getting a lot of attention, you know, called The President Morally Unfit, all that sort of stuff. For some reason, this part is not getting that much attention. He says that nobody in the Justice Department brought politics into the Hillary Clinton email investigation, except for President Obama and the Attorney General, Loretta Lynch. So other than the President and the Attorney General, nobody did. Oh, good. Uh, we'll hit you with that part of the book. That's it's the sort of independence we're looking for. Not getting much attention uh, coming up. So I hope you can stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Trump responded to the claims in Comey's new memoir calling him a leaker and a liar, which coincidentally is also the name of the video the Russians have. (laughs) Hey now, back to the pee-pee talk. Oh boy. Um, So Kyle Felcher in the Washington Examiner, quoting from uh, Comey's book and focusing on a part of the book that most people are ignoring, 
Call me right. I never heard anyone on our team, not one, take a position that seemed driven by their personal political motivations. And more than that, I never heard an argument or observation I thought that came from a political bias. Never, Comey writes in his book. Instead, we debated, argued, listened, reflected, agonized, played devil's advocate, and even found opportunities to laugh as we hashed out major decisions. Then my phone locked up and I was unable to read any more. It's a dramatic story. One that left me troubled. Come on, phone. Hey, Washington Examiner, we love you. Is it? uh, Big fans. Is Um, it that one? But your, yeah. Here, go ahead. But your app. For whatever reason, oh. locks up all the The more conservative the website, the more unusable it is. I've observed that through the years. I don't know why that is. Instead, according to Como, a uh, Como, Como, Perry Como, who's yeah. Perry Como's got, got a new book out. It's about uh, ancient crooner. <laughs> surprisingly, he weighed in on the Loretta Lynch story. <laughs> yeah. And, and everybody said, why is Perry Como telling me this? Only him. Big Google Crosby him. were here to uh, contradict him. Instead, Comey wrote, the, Mel pe- Torme. <laughs> the people who complicated the investigation the most with their political statements were Obama and Lynch. Comey said Obama's public statements about the investigation jeopardized the investigation's credibility in multiple interviews and seemed to absolve Clinton of any crime before FBI investigators completed their work. Oh, wow. A lot of your uh, more conservative-leaning uh, hosts on radio and TV noticed that at the time and, and mentioned that. Yes, that did come up. Quoting, and now Comey. Comey, the lanky lawman, is saying it himself. Quoting Comey, contributing to this problem, regrettably, was President Obama. He had jeopardized the Department of Justice credibility in the investigation by saying in a 60 Minutes interview in October 2015 that Clinton's email use was a mistake that had not endangered national security. A lot of us saw that. We came in the next day and reacted. How does he know that? <laughs> I mean, right. how does he know that that's the case? Comey writes, then on Fox News in April of 2016, Obama said that Clinton may have been careless but did not do anything intentionally to harm national security, suggesting that the case involved overclassification of material in the government. President Obama is a very smart man who understands the law very well, Comey writes. To this day, I don't know why he spoke about the case publicly and seemed to absolve her before a final determination was made. If the president had already decided the matter, an outside observer could reasonably wonder how on earth could his Department of Justice do anything other than follow his lead? Yes, precisely. The truth was that the president, as far as I knew anyway, he had only as much information as anyone following it in the media. He'd not been briefed on our work at all, and if he was following the media, he knew nothing because there'd been no leaks at all up to that point. But his comments still set all of us up for corrosive attacks if the case were completed with no charges brought. Well, it's like his uh, professor, buddy. Well, uh, I don't know what the facts are, but I know the police behaved stupidly. Was it stupidly? Was that the, the term I think used? so. Um, yeah, before he knew what the facts were. That is an odd thing for a guy who understands. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a lawyer. Yeah. He understands the law. It's an interesting thing to go on TV and say, there's no wrongdoing here. How do you know? You know, the one thing Comey admits to, uh, well, the one thing, one of the things he admits to is that he falls in love with his own opinion and that he's a super confident guy and, and has a big ego. I think it's uh, Comey-esque that Obama would do that. He doesn't restrain himself. Uh, just because he doesn't know all the facts. He figures, I probably know enough. I'm going to go ahead and make this pronouncement. The two of them are peas in a pod. Comey also describes a September 2015 meeting with Lynch that he previously, that's the was the attorney general at the time, that he previously talked about in front of a Senate committee in which the then attorney general asked him to describe the investigation into Clinton's emails as a matter. It occurred to me in the moment that this issue of semantics was strikingly simil- similar to the fight 
the Clinton campaign had waged against the New York Times in July. Ever since then, the Clinton team had been employing a variety of euphemisms to avoid using the word investigation, Comey writes. The attorney general seemed to be directing me to align the Clinton campaign to align with the Clinton campaign strategy. Her just do it response to my question indicated that she had no legal or procedural justification for her request, at least not one grounded in our practices or traditions. Otherwise, I assume she would have said so. Wow, that's good, because her shot back is, if he had any uh, concerns regarding the email investigation, classified or not, he had ample opportunities to raise them with me, both privately and in meetings. He never did. Well, that, sweetheart, is because you made it absolutely clear that the boss was going one way on this, and you, not only were you going that way, you wouldn't even answer his questions about why you were going that way. So, no, you don't get in your boss's face. Comey went on to say that many people in the FBI who were in that meeting saw her request as political as well. I know the FBI attendees at our meeting saw her request as overtly political when we talked about it afterward. So did at least one of Lynch's senior leaders, Georgia, George Toscas. Then the number three person in the department's National Security Division and someone I liked smiled at the FBI team as we filed out saying sarcastically, well, you're the Federal Bureau of Matters, Comey recalled. However, Comey said he never got the sense that Lynch interfered in the investigation. I, for one, didn't see any instance when Attorney General Lynch interfered with the conduct of the investigation. Though I'd been concerned about her direction to me at that point, I saw no indication afterward that she had any contact with investigators or prosecutors on the case. Mm. Um, well, that that's good, because that would be a, we need to have a, uh, she needs to be arrested, we need to have a trial, I mean, all that sort of stuff, yeah. full-on obstructing justice. But her telling the FBI director to use the same language as the candidate running for president to avoid the term investigation, which it obviously was, is, is unbelievable. There's clear taint there, Jack. What about the taint? Seriously, if the boss lets you know, uh, this is not uh, something I'm into here. She doesn't have to actively interfere. She and Obama were just trying to put their thumb on the scales. But I will grant you, they didn't thumb it much. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Syria, Russia, chemical weapons cover-up. We've got that. And Trump's personal lawyer and Stormy Daniels are going to be in the same courtroom today. Details coming up minutes from now. Hey, I'd like to amend my comments. They didn't thumb it much, according to Comey. Good one. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. nail this down this doesn't matter to anybody but i'm in the business so i'm kind of interested did comey's interview with stephanopoulos air at seven o'clock on the east coast and 10 o'clock on the west coast no 10 o'clock on both coasts yes it did yeah Yeah. okay why did they put it so late because of all the hooker pp talk i don't know that seems dumb to me i went to bed well yeah, yeah the most watched news show in america for 50 years has been 60 minutes on many hours earlier so yeah weird Hey, back to Loretta Lynch just real quickly. The the final statement she makes in her denial of James Comey's accusation that she politicized the investigation. Throughout the process, I did what I always do. Do we have angels singing, Michael? That would be appropriate. (laughs) I rise above politics and uphold the law. At no time did I ever discuss any aspect of the investigation with anyone from the Clinton campaign or the DNC. Okay, that's weak. It you is. wouldn't have to. No. If if the, one of the bosses came to me and said, "Listen, we suspect Jack has been sending inappropriate emails, and we really think he needs to be removed as the co-host." Now, while that would free me up to do my 
you know, my solo show in which I ramble on endlessly about obscure alternative rock bands. Um, no, I would say, no, 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 no. Listen, if he made mistakes, that's uh, that's one thing. But the, the idea that, you know, he's got to be gotten rid of and it was so severe that it'd be, I would know what take he wanted me to take. I wouldn't have to talk to him. That's an absurd denial. And, and... It denies something Comey never accused her of. Right. Which is interesting. Well, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that portion of this whole thing is over. Did you push the investigation one direction because you liked Hillary Clinton and you're a Democrat? I never spoke to the DNC. Wait a minute. Where'd that (laughs) denial come from? Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, not going to happen. A senior Russian diplomat says the mission from the International Chemical Weapons Watchdog cannot access the site of an alleged chemical attack near the Syrian capital. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, painting the lines on the street that day. Yeah, yeah. It's because they don't have an appropriate U.N. permit. The Russian deputy foreign minister says what is hampering a speedy resolution of the mission's visit to the town affected by the attack was another of the consequences of the West's punitive assault on Syria's army. The head of the chemical alarms watchdog group is saying Russia and Syria are now all citing pending security issues before the inspectors can get in. So it looks like they're throwing up 15 different reasons why they can't go in. By the way, um, we were talking about how Rachel Maddow, when the news broke on MSNBC, immediately played the, this is an attempt to distract us uh, during his scandals card. And um, uh, somebody texted and said Bill Maher said the same thing on Friday night on his show. You'd have to believe that uh, the Brits and French went along with Trump's ploy just for the fun of it then, right? Yeah, they right. seem to be pretty into the idea of striking Assad now, and then it was well justified. And even though uh, Angela Merkel didn't join in, and uh, she uh, issued a really, really strong statement about it. So you would have to. The only argument I could come up in their favor is that well, he's gassed his people a bunch of times. Why this time do we attack? That's well, a good it was question. A particularly big, egregious one, but well, it was not really. No, no. It was egregious. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. But he, Jack is soft on chemical weapons attacks. 40 dead? Yeah. He's done this somewhere between right. 50 and 200 times right. without any pushback whatsoever. But this one was getting international attention, because outrage, etc. Because there's video. <laughs> because yeah. of the video. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm, yeah, I, I, I think it's awful that he does that. I would like to stop it. But why did we choose now? I, I think because of the video. Those videos are pretty rough. I don't yeah. know if you've watched them. Yes. They're pretty rough. President Trump's personal lawyer is going to be in federal court today in New York City. Michael Cohen is claiming attorney-client privilege, and he wants access to copies of all the materials seized by the FBI during last week's raids on his home, office, and hotel room. So this is the... Uh, so this is the... Uh, so he... And Stormy's lawyer are going to be together? Stormy Daniels is also going to be uh, in court today with him. Stormy Daniels herself? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep. In case you forgot, she is the adult film star who says Cohen paid her 130 grand to keep quiet about a one-night stand with Donald Trump. Yeah. Says who? I'd forgotten that. Says Marshall just seconds ago. Says who? So the- Marshall Phillips, our news person. So, Storm- okay. so Stormy's <laughs> lawyer, who I should have his name memorized by now, who is who is awesome. He's really good. Yeah. And Trump's, Barker. And Trump's <laughs> lawyer, who it is now becoming clear is barely a lawyer. Well, Says he's, who? He's a lawyer, but he doesn't do hardly any lawyering right. for Trump. 
Yeah. He does all kinds of other stuff, but very little legal stuff. He's a fixer. He's a fixer. Um, they ran into each other at a restaurant over the weekend. They were at the same yeah. restaurant because that's the way the world of power works. Right. Everybody's kids go to the same schools. They all eat at the same restaurant. Mm-hmm. Dinner table and, events. And they shook hands and said hey and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So why is Stormy going to be in court wearing her push-up bra and her legal briefs? I mean, why does she have to be there for this? Sitting, I, on a, sitting in a chair with both feet behind her head for some a, reason. It's, oh, a, it's comfortable. She's into yoga. <laughs> yoga is very relaxing. Uh, it's a publicity stunt is why, of course. And oh, her gotcha. lawyer is going to be on hand, too, making various and sundry arguments as well. It's so. a cunning stunt, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> with Paul Ryan not seeking re-election this November, decisions in the House have to be made. Who's going to replace him as the Speaker on NBC's Meet the Press? A Wisconsin Republican says he believes... California Representative Kevin McCarthy is the right person for the job. I fully anticipate handing the gavel over to the next Speaker of the House. And I think Kevin's the right guy to step up. Let me All tell right. you this, Joe. Let yeah. me tell you this. Okay. Watch, having watched right. the cable news shows over the yeah. weekend... All the inside pundits who claim they know what they're talking about say McCarthy is absolutely it. Like, there's no chance anybody else is going to be Speaker of the House. There's no reason, or there's no way Paul Ryan would say what he said unless that were the case. I agree. I can't Uh, believe it. your last (laughs) chance. Your last chance. And I'm serious. I have as much confidence in what I'm about to say as anything I've ever said in my life on this show. Wow. Paul, listen to me. Republicans, listen to me. Kevin McCarthy as speaker will end badly. It will end embarrassingly. You will be rounding up the uh, the effects of gaffes over and over again. He's a nice guy, kind of. Um, he doesn't have what it takes. That's your final warning. I will now sit and wait as a smug American to be proved right. How does he end up Speaker of the House, then? I mean, why, why would he be the guy? He's made so many friends. He's raised so much money. Yeah. Trump likes he him. He has acolytes. You know, it's all about power, and he's accumulated a great deal of power. He didn't get Speaker last time because he said such dumb stuff, and it's not like he's gotten a brain transplant. <laughs> I'm not against Kevin McCarthy. I agree with him on a lot of policies, but, well, I, I've, I've said my piece. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. He's got a sex scandal in his past. Does that get re-dredged up? I don't think anybody cares. In the Me Too era? Not in the Trumpestuous state of the country. Unless he admitted it to Billy Bush, no one cares. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, and they used to say... He'll be fine unless he's caught with a live boy or a dead girl. Which is pretty rough. Well, yeah, well, now it, the boy thing is off the table. You'd say, yeah, I'm by, and, and we move on with our lives. But um, now I don't think that'll be a factor. When he says something laughably ridiculous, and then the second and third times that happens, that will be a factor. Okay, so we got a bunch of things we need to, uh, to get into. Got a little more on Syria... Comey uh, talking about the president's long ties and orange skin, (laughs) which is hilarious. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. We pass in the hall on a way. What the hell are we listening to? So I don't think I think you were at jury duty the two days we played this. Oh, so this yeah, is the yodeling kid that became a sensation. So this, this <laughs> six- I missed the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because sensations come and go in about five minutes. But uh, this kid, this cute little six-year-old boy in cowboy boots and a hat and a and a bow tie or, or something was uh, was yodeling a Hank Williams song in a Walmart. And somebody captured it on their phone, and then it went nuts. And you have to picture the the, the look, too. He's got the cowboy boots with the jeans in. He's got, like, the white shirt tucked into the pants. Like, nice. he, he just looks the part. Yeah. And he's yodeling a Hank Williams. Well, he's not actually yodeling. He's singing a Hank Williams song, which has yodeling in it. And uh, and it became a sensation, and he was on Ellen, and he played Coachella over the weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. That was him at Coachella. Oh, yeah. Cardi B, Beyonce, Eminem, and the yodeling kid. Oh, that's great. And I just huh. think it's funny that that his video came out the same time that I took the video of my six-year-old singing his angry rap song. So, you know, I could put that out, but it's not quite as charm. Why is this six-year-old so angry, Ellen would ask, if he ended up on... <laughs> you know, you I, haven't heard, kid. I haven't heard Henry's song yet, because I was on jury duty that day. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, i got to hear it. Do you have that the, the long version that's got the uh, the extra anger in it? Who, who had that? Somebody had hey, it. Hey, coming up on the show, a couple of polls out... Uh, do not count your blue waves until they've crashed onto the shore. There are a couple of shocking polls out from liberal polling organizations. Stay with us. Or are we still looking for that clip? Because I could do the story now. Sean? Oh, they, they, uh, the back room had that. The <laughs> Nobody's Jack's, doing anything. We seriously Jack's have to come up with clean. a better system. Um, so, uh, speaking of the kids, so my son did his uh, dinosaur presentation on Friday. Oh, right. Right, where he, it was his first time standing up in front of the class and speaking. And um, and I was looking forward to seeing it, and they invited the parents in. Uh, it's interesting to me, at the second grade level, it seems pretty clear that nobody is at the, I'm nervous about this state yet. That must How come later. My son's already crossed oh. the, um, uh, I'm willing to dance in front of people stage of okay. life. So he's when, crossed out of it. Yeah, crossed out of it. Yeah, when okay. kids are when kids are young, they just love running around dancing with no inhibitions whatsoever. Then at some point around apparently around seven eight, you start to feel uncomfortable about it, and like he always claims he can't dance and doesn't want to do it. And I think that's mm-hmm. ah, too bad that yeah. you go from what the hell does differences make? I'll just gyrate around. Who cares? To you're worried how you look. But with the speaking, nobody seemed nervous at all. You did have the mostly girls who would speak so quietly, and then the dinosaurs, which I remember from school. You don't you don't yeah. hear that much as adults because people who can speak out loud usually end up at the end of the conference table giving the presentation on sales. But right, I right. remembered that from school. I'd forgot completely forgotten it existed, but I was right back there watching it. Oh yeah, half the time when somebody gives a speech, even when you're a senior in high school. It's about this loud. You can't really hear a word they say, and the, the hum of the air conditioner is actually louder than their voice. <laughs> well, wait till you go to a high school play where, you know, a lot of the thespians are pretty strong, but there's the inevitable, and what do you say to these charges, sir? And the people in the front row go, oh! And you're like, what, what? 
because it happens a lot. Uh, but my favorite thing my son said about, and I don't, what dinosaur did he have? I've forgotten already. The Velociraptor. Yes, the Velociraptor. Yes. At one point he said, it was bird-ish. <laughs> nice. Hey, that's accurate-ish. Yeah, I like that. Sure. Like bird-ish, but yeah. It was fun seeing all the kids do that. That's awesome. They built these little clay things of the dinosaur and with their habitat. And and then everybody gave a speech in different groups about different dinosaurs. It's fun watching kids grow into being human beings and oh, learning and all that. It's amazing. And they're so excited themselves about it. It's really cool. Now, it was a bit of a group presentation. Yeah. All the, yeah. The, 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 a strong group, a strong team. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. no place to come in on that. That wouldn't be fair. Right. That wouldn't be fair. He was mostly worried that uh, one of his one of the participants in his group said um too much, but mm. I said you can't worry about other people. You just can't. It'll drive you crazy. Right. You'll go absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's that that's the way he's built though. If if other kids are not following the rules, it makes him crazy. Huh. He's a big he's big on following the rules. Yeah. Yeah. The social compact. Yeah. His his, his younger brother is not really concerned with the rules. They, yeah. uh, they do not bother. They do not. He does not feel bound by them or tethered. <laughs> Is that to what, anything by them? <laughs> is that what this song is about? Uh, I don't know. Do I we have we... that? This is a drum solo. That's his brother playing yeah, that drum. So okay. Thank you. I believe that one note was the rarely heard high H. <laughs> yes. That was a... That was, I just plugged in the speaker and he started singing that song. I don't know what he's saying because he's missing five teeth, so you can't understand him. Mm. It's either rapping on the street or living on the street or ribbing on the street. Walking on the street. That's what I think I but, hear. But uh, he's got a tremendous amount of anger, that young man. And, uh, <sighs> I'm sorry it took so long to get that clip, but I had to edit out the uh, song. <laughs> Headed out all the F-bombs. <laughs> oh, he drops more F-bombs than any sailor you've ever been around in your life. Wow. That's just the way he is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just the way yeah. he is. Where are my effing shoes, he'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, maybe through some bizarre synchronicity, you have the children I was meant to have. Send them my way. If you ever decide that you don't want to, like mellow out their tendencies, but you want them to study them and perfect them, send them to me. He'll be sitting at the dinner table, and he'll, he'll all of a sudden say, I'm effing out of here, and just get up, get him walk away. Wow. Wow. God, I pray that someday, you yeah. know, move into another phase. and <laughs> Yeah. Maybe with less F-bombs. Yeah. yeah for instance. <laughs> or my effing shoes. And, and the other stuff. Ah, right. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, a couple of poll results for you here, and we can break them down. A little more thoroughly at some point, if you like. But this is from the annoyingly lefty uh, Yahoo News, actually reprinting something from Newsweek, which is fairly left. A plurality of Democrats, not a majority, but the biggest group, have indicated that President Donald J. Trump, not Barack Obama, is responsible for the current state of the country's economy. A tonal shift from earlier this year, when the top members of the party were arguing the opposite. As of uh, the ninth of this month, 46% of Democrats agreed that the United States economy was down to Trump. It was attributable to Trump. That's interesting. According to Quinnipiac University polls. I'll be darned. Um, it doesn't have... Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's one number. And the other number is... 
that the Democrats' advantage ahead of midterm elections in which you have kind of a generic Democrat versus Republican candidate, the gap has dropped by more than half since the beginning of the year and is now, uh, I believe, single digits. Any idea why? Why Um, would that be? A slight increase in President Trump's approval rating, a strong economy, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't really dove deep yet. I think yet. that tax reform had an effect on a lot of people. Yeah, in spite of Nancy Pelosi's uh, attempts to Gift describe to the it rich. otherwise. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.